Welcome to Tim Talks. Today I am here with. Hello. What's the crack? Hello. Hi, Dave. How are you? So, hello all. Hope you're all well. Episode one of the Improved Podcast. I'm here with Alex Carey, who is a very good mate of mine and also happens to be strength and conditioning coach with the Leicestershire County Cricket Club Academy. Where are you from? from tell me where you're from first. From Yorkshire. Tell us how we tell us how we met. Uh, we met at university. Oh, it's got for a mutual friend. Yeah. Um, did I come to your flat first? I think the way we met was actually uh, playing PlayStation and getting Gaz's room. I'll tell you where we met. Arsenal were playing in the Champions League. Yes. And we were on a yes. terrible stream. Yes. Um, and you were, we were effing and blinding, but you were shouting at the TV. Yes. Which I now know is a very calm, calm thing yeah. for you. Calm thing. When okay, so that's how we met. So your name's Alex Carey. Your age is 24. Yeah, 24. And your occupation? Uh, I am currently the assistant or an S&C coach at Leicestershire County Cricket Club. S&C, for anyone that doesn't know, it means strength and conditioning because we made a people listening that are actually interested in strength and conditioning, which, to be fair, if you are, you don't really want to listen any further because that's pretty much what it's all about. Yeah. Um, so we've got a few wee questions. Alice is going to continue to drive and I'm just going to fire a few questions at him, get a bit of conversation going and we'll see how it goes. Trial run of a podcast. I'm more used to the video inside of things, but Alex is going to drive and he's going to try his best to... Are we sure this is legal before, like... If what, if you're driving? Yeah. Well, you're not on your phone. I'm on, I'm on my phone. Okay. You're not You're not recording it. Right, so we've went through your, we've went through your background. Strength and conditioning coach with Leicester. Leicestershire or Leicester? Leicestershire. So Leicestershire. For, I'm guessing you're going to have quite a lot of people in Northern Ireland might listen to this. Yeah. So my mum and my dad mainly. Yeah, so in that's... England, uh, cricket isn't cities; it's county. So you've got like Leicestershire, Yorkshire, Lancashire. Yeah. There's only one city in Northern Ireland, to be fair. Yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> so we don't really have many of them. Yeah, Leicestershire. Yeah, Leicestershire. So same as um, Tyrone. I don't know. That's the county. That's the county that I live in. So oh, you... county Tyrone. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But counties is a bigger deal over here, especially in cricket. Yeah. Yorkshire, Leicestershire, Nottinghamshire. Yeah, I think there's 18. So, so Surrey. Yeah. All them, all them. Middlesex. Yeah. But I'm not massively interested in cricket, but I am interested in, in well, strength and conditioning. I mean, I, I am interested in cricket. Well, but that's not and you work I've in it. The, that's not why I've got the job. It's the strength conditioning part of it. I could work in I'd want to work in a lot of different sports, not just cricket. That's a good, that's a good I still segue into... What do you think? Do you think it makes you a better strength and conditioning coach if you have played the sport, the sport. that you're working in? Um, for me, I think that it means I can concentrate on the the strength conditioning side of it. Whereas if I went into rugby or football or tennis, although yeah. I know those sports, I'd have to like you away to learn it. I'd have to swat up on the ins and outs of yeah. the specific movements of it. Yeah. Um, whereas Cricket's something I know, so I can just solely focus on. It makes it it makes the transition from whatever you're doing into that job a, bit, yeah. a little bit easier, yeah. surely. But it's not be all and end all. And the thing is, with cricket in cricket season, you spend so much time at games that it's helpful if I can help with cricket drills. So they'll use me mm. to hit balls, catch balls, 
Yeah. Score. Collect, score. Pause. No, I'm not going to no. score anytime soon. But um. But you. But you know, like if I went into cricket, for example, someone that has no yeah, experience, it'd, it'd, be, it'd be tough for you. Yeah. It'd be tough. Yeah. Like I've worked in in cycling, not for long, but and I've worked in. Um, well, cycling, cycling mainly was the one that I didn't really have a clue about. And obviously, I massage a lot of Gaelic players. Being from Ireland, Gaelic's probably one of the most popular sports. But if you went into work with a Gaelic player, for example, you wouldn't have a clue. I mean, there's, there'll be some crossover, but then there'll also be some stuff that I just wouldn't know yeah. the ins and outs of. Yeah, because I find, I find when I'm massaging, I've had to... You don't have to, because obviously I'm not training them. So it's not as essential for me to know, but I find that if I know the the demands of the sport, it makes the service that I offer far better than if I know nothing about it. Because if I'm treating an injury, saying if they're tight in their, I don't know, say their hamstring or their quad, and I know what ground they play on, what kind of movement is involved in the sport, obviously I can tell how the injuries came about and I can prevent it a wee bit easier. So I think it it's, it helps in that way, but that's going off track from I the strength and conditioning side of it but the, it all applies it all ties into one I think the important thing is that you want to have an interest if you don't know the sport you want to have an interest if you start to work in a new sport about getting to know yeah. the ins and outs of it um, so for me I, that's not going to stop me working in a like in rowing yes, for example yes. I still want to work and you in might it. love it you might yeah, get into exactly. it and, and really enjoy it exactly. it shouldn't be a it shouldn't be a limiting factor on applying for a job for example if you yeah. do want to go into and especially in a, in a in a field like strength and conditioning, which is so, or sports science or anything like that, which is so hard to get into at a high level, a lot of people end up just going for jobs that, if it was all as easy as us just going right, I I row, I want to work in rowing, I'll go get a rowing job. Yeah, it's not. Like it that. would be handy, but that's not the way it is. No, no that that was that wasn't the first question, but that was the. See, this is going to be the, this is going to be the problem with me and you. We're going to get uh, we're going to go off on so many tangents. <laughs> no, but that was good. That just came in. That just came in naturally. We'll say, right. So, first question that I had, kind of for you, was your thoughts on the way strength and conditioning has grown um, in popularity, say in the last five, ten years, yeah. um, and where you see kind of training going in the future you don't have to it, it can be cricket specific but you can just kind of talk in general as a strength and conditioning coach yeah. how do you think your role will differ that it has in the last couple of years and what changes have you seen and say in the next five ten years what do you think will come into play and what will kind of be the new methods i suppose there's always new stuff coming out but yeah um i think obviously it's quite trendy at the moment it's yeah. quite uh, like sports science when we applied to do sports science at uni that was the that was the trendy thing mm. whereas I think people have realised that there's I don't know 50, 100 sports science jobs in the UK yeah um, <laughs> yeah. if, if that yeah. Um, so now S&C is quite has kind of taken over and everyone's like oh I'm going to be a going to be an S&C coach um, yeah and I think that probably means that there's a lot of people that try and become SNC coaches and then realise there's actually not the jobs there. They can't just walk into it as a role. Um, so I think where it's going to go is probably more into schools, uh, maybe more university jobs, in my opinion. So private schools have SNC coaches at the moment, whereas I think 
instead of PE coaches or as well as PE coaches in some like state schools I actually think there'll be some kind of movement coach whether that's a, a part time role or a full time role I genuinely think there will be in the next 5-10 years a lot more SNC coaches working with school population um, I actually know of a guy that he was a cricketer and now he's thinking about he's reached the end of his career so he's obviously thinking of different career paths and he's going to try and work with primary schools and he's got a real big interest in S&C so he's going to kind of use his his knowledge of coaching and cricket and then also his interest in S&C and he's going to try and set up his own business in movement for primary school primary school kids yeah yeah. I suppose that comes into obviously you work with youth athletes so what 12 to 18 Uh, majority of the time anyway yeah so that's interesting you say he's interested in going into primary schools how obviously what age kind of do you think is it necessary for someone to get into because obviously there's always the argument this is also another point that we're going to talk about but pushy parents and what way you should kind of deal with your kids in terms of getting into sport and how much you should push the training side of it over the just general enjoyment side of it so what do you think if he's going into primary school, that's obviously only up to age 11. Yeah. Do you think strength and conditioning plays a role at that young an age? Or do you think it really shouldn't come in until kind of... Because obviously you've, you've got still... They're still growing massively there and it's obviously becomes a lot harder. But you would deal with that in your job day to day. So what do you think about that? And how early do you think that strength and conditioning should be applied in, say, a child that's trying to maybe go the scholarship route or trying to play professional sport? Um, so that's a that's a big question. There's a lot of parts to that. I think yeah. the first thing that I'll Long address would be the classic stigma of if you do S and C or weight training, yeah. then it stunts your growth. You heard, heard that one? I think yeah. most people yeah. have heard that one. So yeah. it's about um, my boss actually tells this quite well. There was this, this that study that result was done in China um, just after one of the wars. Um, and they did they did the study and they found out that children weren't growing now just before that there was a big a lot of bombs dropped on China yeah um, and that probably well to do with poverty not as much food had something to do with people not growing um, there is no research whatsoever to say that any kind of weight training stunts your growth um, that's one of them common myths that people jump yeah. on it's just it's just not to try and make them sound true. like they know something that yeah uh, that that happens a lot in kind of general and in fitness and you'll always hear because there is so many much studies being done and there's always different kind of it's one of the hard things about being in this field i think is staying on top of the research you probably agree yeah because it's always changing and you don't want to be left behind if say if a, if a trainer for example keeps applying the same principles for 20 years yeah. he will soon go out of fashion yeah. just the same way that clothes go out of fashion or whatever else so yeah no that's I think you covered the point pretty well but going back to um, the way strength conditions has gone and the way where it's going I always look back to you do you remember the the lecture we had with the guy from Leeds United were you in it maybe, <laughs> maybe not maybe, <laughs> maybe not. didn't go <laughs> But um, and he talked a good reason why. Uh, well, obviously, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, but um, and he talked about their nutrition was essentially best. 
bacon, egg, sausage, tomato, sandwich. Yep. This was in the nineties, so Leeds United in the nineties were one of the better one of the better teams. Yeah, no, they were they were the real deal. Champions um, So that's the to the extent nutrition was and he said his training was pretty much you turned up, you made sure you drank enough and you kinda trained and then that was it. But now from from working in professional sport, I've done a year in professional sport, you've done it you've currently working in professional sport it's obvious to see that that's not the way it is even now with the likes of the Man City documentary which I'm sure yeah, you've watched um, with it's becoming a lot more well known the back the importance of background or backroom staff in clubs now like how many physios how many sports scientists how many S&C coaches do you, know, do you know how many we have at Leicestershire I'd take a guess how big our sports science department and medicine is at Leicestershire I'd say 15 yeah we've got 4 well 5 if you include the doctor we've got uh, 2 S&C coaches a full time physio and a, a part time physio and that's, but then, that's it that comes from it being cricket yeah with no, no money and I know, yeah. <laughs> arguably my job is 95% Injury prevention. keeping people yeah. on the park yeah um, whereas in a sport like rowing or yeah. running or like whatever you know if it's more athletically demanding yes. you're going to probably have more S&C coaches yeah. well it comes in the spectrum of what sports are obviously a darts player is not going to have the same strength and conditioning as yeah, an elite do you reckon darts players has, has I don't even think they do yet. I think I don't unless I don't know I mean maybe, maybe. Something. I saw um, Ronnie well Van Gerwen doesn't look like he's no he doesn't been eating his greens he's not on the weights is he no but yeah I suppose it comes with the demands of the sport and then the needs analysis the the question about um, youth and S&C absolutely that's what we were talking about and then we (laughs) we segued so first of all my point was that weight training doesn't doesn't impact on growth or anything like that so yes I would get youth you know under the age any age into some kind of movement patterns but snc strength conditioning isn't just in the gym so i'd encourage all up until maybe even 18 to play as many sports as possible and you can get snc through that so in a yeah in a squash game the amount of lunge patterns or squat patterns that they'll do is the same as a gym session yeah um and they enjoy it more yeah, they, they don't think about you. <laughs> when I was younger, I didn't play tennis because I wanted a gym yeah. workout. Um, no, because it was fun. Um, but if somebody was like, "What should I do?" I was, I would tell them, you know, if they wanted to get more agile, take up a, a team sport like football or yeah. whatever it is, because you're going to get so much out of that. Yeah, and while you can as well, yeah. because obviously if you're if you're trying to get to a high level in sport, you're going to have to get to a stage where you focus everything on that sport. Yeah. But whenever you're younger, I totally agree with that. Obviously, the gym side of things in the majority of cases is the not enjo- not so enjoyable part yeah well, that's, a, obviously that, that's the part that's the part that people might struggle with like motivation yes. and whatnot. because I know from rowing I done it because of the competitive aspect of it and I enjoyed kind of pushing myself and, and racing I, if I was to do a sport purely for enjoyment I'd go about and kick a football on the Saturday because yep. that's what I love doing yep. but there, it's different it's different enjoyment factors you either get enjoyment from kind of pushing yourself or enjoyment from maybe you're talented in a certain sport and you just enjoy playing it or you enjoy going out and playing a bit of badminton or a bit of ping pong or whatever and they'll all give you benefits in different ways 
I think so, the, a good example of that still applying is segways. <laughs> not quite segways. <laughs> that wasn't where I was going with that. No. Is um, uh, during cricket games in the cricket season, it's so it's so frantic that we don't get many gym sessions in. So we actually use football as a as a warm up because they'll get so much agility, change of direction kind of training. I mean, yes, like. 50% of the reason we play football is to keep the lads happy and spirits up but a, a good portion of that is actually football's a really good way of working on agility and stuff like that Yeah. so even in adults we still try and get them to play as many sports as possible so yeah S&C start, start early and keep it keep it fun I guess yeah, yeah. take her message from that <clears throat> to be fair we, we, I had a load of points written down and we've actually I've looked through them and we've covered Probably most of them in, <laughs> in them doing? long sentences <laughs> that we've done. Well, the next thing I was going to go on and talk about was the importance of S&C for young athletes, but we've yeah, pretty, no, much, co- we've pretty much covered yeah. that. Yeah. But I'd say we'll go into now more of the programming side of things because the people that are going to be listening to this are likely either going to be my mum and dad or strength and conditioning people with an interest yeah. in either coaching or people that are yep. training themselves. So what do you think is the foundations we can talk about young players but in general obviously you start young with the foundations but it stays similar throughout the foundations of a strength and conditioning program no I know injury prevention is at the forefront but in terms of getting someone better at making someone fitter because we're not talking sports specific now making someone fitter what do you think is the foundations of a general run of the mill strength and conditioning program um pretty simple I when I write my programs I base it on a squat pattern yeah I base it on a hinge pattern so a type of deadlift mm-hmm. uh, a push so bench press or single arm dumbbell press push up um, and a pull and then I will you've obviously got variations of that so you can do single leg single arm uh, offset whatever you want to do um, but those are the four key movements and then a couple of trunk ones so a plank, side plank, pal off press, bear crawl, and literally that's it. It's as simple as that. Squat, lunge, hinge, push and pull. And that's what I would say, whether it's sport, whether it's general health, whether it's well-being, they will that will tick all the boxes from whatever you're trying to get out of that session. Um, and as we talked about before. It's you said you said it in that sentence. The simplicity of it. Yeah. In terms, you think well. We both think that people overcomplicate it sometimes. Whenever well, they're bringing people into strength and conditioning, and I think because of social media, I think because of how everything has to be di- it, something yeah, has to be yeah, different. It has, it has to yeah. be jazzed up a little bit. Um, <laughs> whereas you know we've got our best our best cricketers and the pros <laughs> goblet squat. Yeah. which is the most basic form of squat we're yeah. not getting them to do power clean into power, power, yeah, yeah. power cleans into single arm row and yeah. squat thrusters <laughs> you know right. like yeah, it's, it's, it's just else. keep it very simple and yeah for me the the success comes in the sim- simplicity of it fantastic unbelievable Right, the next one was was to go into the enjoyment side of strength and conditioning within the academy, but I think, well, you can talk about, in general, with the boys you're working with at the minute, what way do you see them responding to strength and conditioning? Because obviously they're very young. I wasn't really exposed. No, I was quite, I was, I was quite, well, 
I just kind of played sport for the love of it. And even when we were younger, strength and conditioning wasn't as big a thing. Never did. Um, so we just kind of just played sport. Went, went for to the, the gym for fun. Yeah, went to the gym for fun. Kind of got big for girls and all that there, Jazz. And we never got big. Girls. So, <laughs> girls for the girls. Um, but um, so what would you say the response is like from your guys in terms of strength and conditioning at the minute? Are they enjoying it? Are they... Are they getting a kick out of reaching goals or what do you think kind of motivates them to continue to do it because it's very easy for them to just drop out and say I don't want to uh, so want to play it anymore I think that probably comes from our academy director who's tells them when they sign up that the golden thread of their programme is going to be S&C um, so it's very important that whoever the skill tactical technical coach is supports me and he does do that really nicely um, so the buy-in's great and I would say What's been really nice is I started during cricket season, so then S&C obviously isn't as big a thing, they're playing their sport. So I had time to get to know the lads as people, as kids, as uh, yeah. young adults. Yeah. So now I'm going into the winter, which is kind of when I am come to the forefront, and I already know them and I've made a relationship with them in that respect. So they, they trust me a little bit more, so they listen to me. And yeah, the younger ones, I think it's great working with younger ones because they might... The older ones sometimes might call you a whatever behind yeah, your back. Yeah. Um, whereas the younger ones are still in that mode where they'll literally do whatever it takes to become a pro. So yeah. although they might be thinking it, they wouldn't say it and they'll pretty much do whatever within reason I will tell them to do. So the buy-in's fantastic, actually, at Leicestershire. Which is, which is what you want. But I suppose it comes down to the... This is a, a similar kind of topic, but the whole nature-nurture side of things, yeah. which is an argument that gets thrown about strength and conditioning sports science whatever I mean for me it's not even that you have to the old uh, saying people don't how much, don't care how much you know before they know how much you care is that right? they, they don't they don't know how much they don't care how much you know before they know how much you care yeah yes so yes. I don't think so that, the, that you need to make a relationship yes. with them before they're ever going to listen yeah. to your rationale for giving them a front squat yeah that's a good that's a good point if you go into any, any you need to yeah. If you go into anything and you just kind of start throwing around ideas, yep. I'm it's my way of the highway. Yep. You'll not get the buy-in that obviously yep. you've got. If you get to know them and they get the respect for you as a person before you, uh, even as a coach, yep. then you've automatically got them on set. Yeah. Well, I, that's I, my, that's my ethos that, that you need to make a relationship before <laughs> you can even think about being a, a good coach. Yeah. It's like anything. It's like any relationship in any walk of life. You need to get on with the person before they're gonna listen yeah. to you. Yeah. And I find as well. In terms of, do you find that you can know, you don't have to mention names, I would say, do you find that you can know the ones that are going to make it and the ones that aren't? Because that comes down to, genetically, how good are they in terms of going to be good at cricket? Because obviously, long ar- like longer levers in terms of bowling and stuff, I don't know much about cricket, but I know yeah, the no. general. Just You know what makes a good athlete, yeah, though, don't you? Yeah, so like in terms of rowing, for example, they talent ID based on your height, are you is your arm span longer than your height are you kind of genetically got good muscle makeup do you have strong legs like that kind of thing does that come into it as much in cricket and with your academy athletes do you find that you can pick out the ones that are gonna yeah, be successful probably not from an athletic view probably more from a mental yes so yeah. there's a couple that <clears> I the coping side of things I've got a better chance of making it because they're determined they've got the right level of like being a twat and working hard about arrogance Ar- confident yeah, confidence exactly, I suppose exactly, yeah I mean I, I just there's a group that I have actually on a Tuesday at four and then the same on a Thursday at four 
and I love that group because you can have a bit of banter with them but at the same time they're going to knuckle down and they're going to kind of be pricks to each other and like be competitive yeah. so I'd say that group has got as good a chance as any just because they work hard yeah and yeah it, it could I find that it could totally surprise you and it's the person that you don't think oh, well, is going to make anything and they're going to there'll be somebody that hates the gym in that yeah. group that will make it and they'll it. play for England yeah, and, yeah. absolutely that's cricket because it's skill yeah because I found it whenever I was at SEAL I found it with there was a group of academy lads the way they worked at SEAL was they brought in kids from schools and then they tried to build them up and you, you kind of kept the ones that were kind of showing promise and I found as soon as I was working with any of them doing warm-ups or whatever you knew from their as you said more the mental side of it more their preparation side yeah. of it they didn't come into the gym just throw around a weight the guys that were lifting massive weight weren't necessarily the ones that were going to make it the guys that were kind of putting the hours in kind of dedicating their time to their craft so to speak were the ones that actually went on and now I can see because I was at SEAL what must be four years ago now five years ago and the two that I, I would feel old exactly and the two that I would have picked out were the Curry twins and one of them plays for England now and one of them is a high level he hasn't played for England yet but he's a high level club player. club player yep. so and they were the two they came in and whenever they came in they were relatively average size and now they're absolute monsters and just <laughs> yeah, like, we, they've we, obviously dedicated they obviously had to put the time in and then the guys that were big and brash and kind of you thought oh he's an unbelievable rugby player they've nearly fallen out of it or like you haven't heard of them so well, they could be playing, still be playing good level rugby, but I mean, just that, from that example, I think you can spot it pretty early on that's with a, the dedication that's issue. A, that's a bit of a, a depressing side of the job. With how many kids? So I think I've got probably between fifty and seventy kids that are in That'll some drop. the age group. Yeah, and out of that, two how many will still be playing two, cricket. Two, one yeah. will make it at Leicestershire or at all. <clears throat> um, so yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to look back and see who actually does make it in the kind of physical. Yeah. Yeah. department and that's stage. that's that's part of the job satisfaction of it you having a part in their yeah. in their journey or and whatever hopefully because I intend to be at Leicester for a good couple of years yeah. see how they do in the pros as well yeah. so yeah it'll be interesting no it's all that's one of the mo- most enjoyable parts of the, any any job I suppose is kind of that job satisfaction especially in sport but anyway moving on to the the topic of the day hot topic which is fantastically worded by hot, me hot topic. Um, what's your opinion on pushy parents we have spoken a little bit about this but yeah. pushy parents and the the effect that that environment has on the development of a young athlete so how far do you think a parent should go you know there's a lot of argument at the minute in football especially because that's the sport i play at the minute parents come into the pitch and kind of I'm sure we've all seen the video on Facebook of the parent that pushes the goalkeeper, oh, yeah, the yeah, little kid. <laughs> Unbelievable save. There's a couple of, have you seen the ones of dogs that are going around <laughs> at the moment where the dog runs in front of the goal and we get the penalty? I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we'll stick to your point then. But, uh, and that's not a kid. <laughs> a dog's not a kid, but I get you. Okay, I get so you. Stay on topic. I get you. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, so how far do you think... Pushy parents. How far do you think's too far... And do you think it plays a good role in a child's development, or do you think it kind of you have to let the child kind of enjoy it themselves? It's it's a, it's a really tough one. It is. Yeah, it's a it's a really tough kind of question. There's and there's pushy parents out there probably that are like they don't know they're pushy as well, so it's hard to tiptoe around it. But what's what's your opinions on it? Was a balance, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, if the parents isn't going to take the kid to the training session, 
the match, the meeting, whatever it is, the kid's not going to make it. So I guess you have to give them kudos for that, for actually taking them there, because no matter how far away, yeah. if they can't get there, they can't get there. And then that goes the other way, doesn't it, in terms of when they get there, maybe they think they've got that, that kind of ownership, which obviously it's their child. But you can put a kid off. I've seen examples of children that are obviously living up to the expectations of the parents and they get a battering in the car yeah. when they go home about what they should have done and yeah. like going deep into detail about the game and stuff like that. And I think it takes his enjoyment out of it a little yeah, bit, I think, at that age. Pressure, like, well done for taking the, the kid, you know, 20 miles and yeah. an hour each way. But then yeah. let the coaches let the coaches deal with the performance side of things I think the big I think the big part of this topic is you need to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons and mm. you need to make sure your kid enjoys it neither of us have kids so we don't really know we won't know have, until we, maybe we'll be the pushiest parents <laughs> in the world but I think sometimes it can be the parents that maybe didn't get to where they wanted to in sport yeah. which, is, which could be us in 10 years time and we're like Right, we didn't make it, so well, you're going to make it. We're both speaking as a... Yeah, I wanted ex- to be a cricketer and you exactly. wanted to be a rower. Yeah, exactly. So could still happen. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm still holding out hope. But if you... You need to make sure that it's in the kids' best interest and that you don't want to... That they're still enjoying it. Yeah. If they're not enjoying it and you're kind of doing it for your own dreams or you kind of want them to do something that you missed out on or you didn't work hard enough for, yeah. it's a balance. You need to try and just make sure that their Enjoyment's number one, especially in youth... And even in these Premier League footballers, if they're not, they're still going to be enjoying it. Like yeah. obviously they're earning big dollars, which helps. I'm but just thinking, I don't think I have the qualifications to talk about parents because no, well, I, I, I'm not one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have that key, I that key experience of being a parent. But I would say that it's just it's, it's impressive yeah. when a parent will give up their time to you know travel yeah. an hour. Yeah. After work, wait for an hour during the training session. Oh, it is. Like, you think about it, we say at the minute that we don't have enough time or whatever for, for stupid things and small things, but parents give up yeah. sometimes half evenings. an hour, an hour each that, way to get their kids to. My mum, bless her, had to sit and watch a cricket training session when well, I was. Unbelievable like, for her. <laughs> I mean, she probably got in her sleep, but. Yeah. yeah. She probably still effort. thinks about it to this day. <laughs> it's a good effort from her. So, yeah, like, obviously, push your parents are So. I think that yeah, that's yeah. But well done for taking your kid there. Yeah, well done, well done for taking your kid to the sport. I think that's all we gotta say on that one. Okay, so I think we've kind of we've kind of covered. How long have we been on for? We've been on for. Do you reckon we started at maybe ten listeners and now we've got thirty-one minutes? No, I think this is gonna be you'll, unbelievably you'll successful. Yul and Sheila. Yeah, my dad's definitely still here. Pushy <laughs> parent. Um, <laughs> so I think the last one's just a little bit of a quick fire. That we'll go through. I want you to kind of be as quick as possible. That's why it's called it. quick fire. Um, <laughs> I just want yeah. Don't think about it. Okay. <laughs> I would. There's not Are any. There any trick qu- no, there isn't. There's no funny ones. I, I'm not really you funny enough if, to. If I mess up on this, we're gonna have to re. Yeah. No. No. I can. I can cut it. And so I can cut it. Stuff. Fine. No. It's fine. With what we've got, you'll have to do that anyway. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So, favorite exercise. To coach or do. Oh, I've messed up. It's not supposed to be. I've, I've, messed, up, I've messed up the quick fire out. Yeah. Favorite exercise? Deadlift. Least favorite exercise? That's really good. Um. Oh God. Least favorite exercise? 
Don't say a burpee. Everyone says a burpee. I quite like, like a burpee. Uh, do you know what I don't like? Well, this is already like, longer than it's supposed to be. I don't like a press up if you have to do more yeah. than like 20 of them. We used to do them in the hallway. Oh, hor- that? Horrible. Unbelievable. Gym pet hit. Uh, leaving your weights out. Ah, oh, classic. Uh, Favourite protein snack? Uh, Bear Bell's salted caramel oh, protein nice. bar. Yeah, nice. Favourite online fitness guy? So that can be podcast, whatever. Vlog, uh, whatever. Yeah, well, most commonly listened to, probably, I listen to Pacey Performance. Pacey Performance plug. Um, Favourite book? You, do you read? Favourite book? <laughs> audio book. Um, big fan of, oh, I can't say his name, Matthew Sayed, Sayed, Sayed um, okay. Black Box Thinking, audio book, Cognitive Dissonance. Sounds really good. Download Check it. that out. Yeah. Last one, favourite coffee? Flat white. Unbelievable. Just had, in fact, got here. <coughs> uh, Too hard to drink, but it's... <laughs> uh, flat white with a bit of cinnamon on top of it. Fantastic. Kept us awake during Unbelievable. Here, Alex... Great speaking to you. We're gonna we'll just shake hands in the virtual world, and we'll be back not with Alex next time, but we'll be back with another podcast. Couldn't tell you what it's going to be on. If if you make a hundred hundred podcasts, can I be back on for the hundred percent hundred hundred anniversary? See where I am. See what you're doing. Talk up with these kids. Maybe you'll be a pushy parent. You never know. (laughs) But anyway, yeah. Thank you if you did listen. Thank you if you liked it, shared it, whatever. Appreciate all that jazz, and we'll see you in the next one. All the best. Bye. So that's episode one complete. I really hope you enjoyed it. It was great having Alex on. Um, I just want to say sorry about the background noise uh, for the first kind of 20 minutes. Alex's car doesn't deal with motorways well, and I'm sure he'll agree. Um, So I'm hoping to get a better setup and a sit down place so we can record the podcast, get a few mics with a bit better audio. So I hope you enjoyed it and we'll chat to you in the next one.